Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. I'm here today with a special guest, Beck Power, who is an entrepreneur and somebody who helps other entrepreneurs grow their business through content, through PR, and through what she calls growth hacking, which basically means getting you opportunities, right? Getting your name out there. So I'll let Beck introduce herself and um, and we'll go from there. Hey, Haley, thank you so much for having me on. Really, really excited to be here. Um, what a great opportunity. Uh, this is, so I'm, I'm Beck and um, I run Power Creative. So uh, it's one of my businesses. So what we do is help uh, entrepreneurs to get more attention using uh, using media, using PR, using content, and really just creating um, more opportunities for themselves online. You know, I, I think most people, when they start out online, they um, kind of, they love their business idea, they get started, and then they're like, oh crap, like how am I gonna, how do I get in front of more people? That becomes the question really quickly. And so I help, um, I help them to overcome that. Yes, and I think there's a few things that have to happen before they start getting in front of more people. Um, things like being clear on their message, being clear on their niche, right? And so how do you recommend people get ready to work with you, meaning they have a, a message that's worth amplifying and it's clear and it's concise mm -hmm. and that kind of thing? Well, I think just... I've done this before too. I paid five grand to go to a weekend conference that was to get media, right? And so I'm gonna. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna interrupt you because it cut. Off, it cut you off in the beginning. Okay. So start from the top because it just said I went to a conference for five grand. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so I think you're exactly right. Um, the biggest thing is being really clear on what your message is. You know, what is the thing that you are in the world delivering? What What do you want to tell? people um, and so often we don't know what that is and it makes us um, that stops us from taking actions and I, I did a I went to someone's conference I paid five grand to go to this conference and um, it was to get PR and media and I wasn't clear on what I was doing you know and it was such a like I it wasn't really a waste of money I met a lot of really great people but had I known um, that I would hit that block at the conference, I probably would have waited so that I could go, okay, what is, what am I saying in the world? And there's, um, you know, I have, because I ran into that so often, actually, I don't think we've talked about this, Haley, but I used to run into that so often. People would be like, oh, I want to get on stages and they'd sign up for my programs and then be like, well, I don't, I don't really know, like, I'm not ready for this. And there's so much stuff that I still need to do. And so I actually created an earlier, like a sort of a message defining program, um, like an accelerator so to stop that from happening. Because it's honestly, it's the biggest thing that I see. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. And we um, put the link in the notes in the Facebook comments where all your courses and programs are, because what's cool is you have the things to get them ready to work with you. And then you have the way to work with you. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this in the first place. Like what made you passionate about um, getting people growth activities, growth opportunities? Sure. So it, um, just like most people, I think, you know, I started out in my business and I was doing okay and things were fine. And, and I really, at one point, I, and I had moved, um, I used to live in Thailand for a couple of years and I actually moved across the world to Mexico, started things again, shut down all my businesses and thought, you know, there was a point where I was on a live video and I was crying. So I was trying, I was like, I just want to know what to do next. Like, what is the thing? And I decided that since I was starting again anyway, I might as well be really honest with myself about what I wanted to do. And um, I know a lot of times we start businesses that we really want to do, but we might take a different angle on it. You know, we might be stuck behind the laptop all the time trying to do blog posts and we're actually not really suited to blog posts. Um, and we might want to, and I, I, as I decided, I wanted to speak. And so I had to figure out how I was going to get started speaking. I didn't have a business. I didn't even have much of a message like most people, right? But I knew that my calling in life was to speak on stages. Um, and, and what I did was kind of a weird thing. I went a, a roundabout way. Don't necessarily recommend doing it this way, but I, I started my own conference. Um, and I did it in LA. I organized it in a few months. I did it by myself. Um, it, was, it was extreme, but I got to hold the microphone for the whole conference. And so um, I was in love after that. I thought this is the best. I'm gonna be, you know. And so I started, I did more of those conferences. I've done my own workshops. And I've also booked now gigs all over the world. I did a, um, a gig in Croatia last year, New Zealand. Wow. Um, a couple of other places and around the US as well. And now based in Canada, I'm doing a, my own conference in Canada. So really gone all in on this particular thing. And, and my message now is um, to amplify um, messages, messages like positive messages, messages with meaning. Um, to make the world a better place, right? Because there's yeah. so many negative messages out there. And I just think I want to help people to amplify those good messages. It's way better than me trying to just amplify mine. I would rather help thousands of people to get their positive messages out there, help them grow their business, um, which we'll yeah. talk about soon. But that's how I got started. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you took the big risk to organize your very own conference first. And that probably was super stressful. Um, and I also love that you knew you had a strength. You knew you wanted to speak. And you didn't necessarily say, well, I have to have all the details perfect before I can start. Mm -hmm. um, so what was that first? How did you start to figure out your message? Because if you, when you're saying you're crying on a live and all this mm -hmm. stuff is going on, how did you start to get clear on your message? Well, honestly, by trial and error, you know, I would say I'm still on that journey. My message is pretty clear now for what I'm doing and it may change in the future and that's okay. And I think that um, you, once you have, like my first message was uh, for queer women entrepreneurs, you know, it was about growing those businesses. And I've since, I've since grown a lot myself and started more projects and businesses and um, I think it's often going to change. It doesn't always change, but I think oftentimes we wait until our message is absolutely perfect. Um, but what I did was jump right in with, with the message that I had at that time 
And it's almost like riding one wave to get to the next wave to get to the next wave. If you don't ride any waves, you're going to stay in the same place. Um, so you, even though it might not be the perfect, you know, this is my life's calling thing, it's right in that moment and that takes you to the next place. I love that. Yeah. And my message has evolved too over time. Like before, because I think starting out, you can't make a lot of times these coaches are making big, bold claims. And when mm -hmm. you're starting out, you can't really make those because you, maybe you haven't worked with that many people or maybe mm -hmm. you haven't gotten, um, you know, done that yourself yet. And so originally my message was really about like getting your niche clear, getting good business habits, like, you know, getting more confident with your visibility and stuff. And now that, you know, things have evolved, now I can say, okay, let's get you to 10K months. Let's get you to, um, you know, look, growing and scaling your business and that kind of thing. But before I didn't start out saying that because I didn't feel confident saying that. So I think it's uh -oh. totally, are you there? Are you there? Can you guys comment if you're watching this live stream, if you guys are present with us? And you okay. can see this. Are you we're there? Back. We're back. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. So all I was saying is your message can evolve over time mm -hmm. as you get more confident, as you do bigger things. And you just have to start out a few steps ahead and knowing where, you know, who's your target audience and where are they um, before you, then you can evolve over time. So um, the next question I have for you when it comes to getting these growth opportunities, because you do this for people on a regular basis, and I'm sure people are dying to know, like, what the heck? How do you go about this? What does that look like? Um, and, you know, what are the first steps or things you need or um, things you'd recommend for people who want to get out there more outside of their own little bubble of Instagram followers, their own Facebook group, their own podcast, things like that? Yeah, um, it's really interesting. I get, I have, and I'm going to this. I'm going to make this clear in a minute. But I've usually been asked to do podcasts, so I've had really good luck with, um, and you know, there's been some hard work behind it too, with putting myself out there and being visible so that people ask me. But a couple of years ago, someone asked me, or I don't know if they asked me or if it was just a comment, but they said, "Oh, I really want to get on more podcasts. Like, how do you get on podcasts?" And um, it occurred to me that they thought that everyone just needed to be in a position to be asked, which is true to, to an extent, right? You've got to be out there so that people will ask you. But, but actually, it's honestly as easy as applying and asking yourself. Yeah. Now, I think in a lot of cases, especially women struggle to promote ourselves. Um, and we will say, oh, well, I'll just, once someone, it's really interesting, once someone chooses me, then I'll do it. Like, that's my, then I know I'm good enough, right? Which, okay, sure. But I've had, um, most of the success that I've had in the last few years has come from me asking. You know, I've not done uh, any gigs, I don't think, that I haven't applied for. Yeah. So, so it's really a lot about, and and. It's a lot about asking. And now if you follow that logic, it's about asking. Then the more that you ask, the more that you get, right? Yeah. So if you want to do tons of gigs and you're sitting there crying or upset because you don't think that you're good enough and no one's ever going to ask you to do all these gigs, you know, look at Mel Robbins or um, Brene Brown getting asked to do gigs. It's 100 grand every time they speak or something like that. Oh, I'm never going to be. It doesn't matter about that. That's not relevant right now, is it? All you have to do is start asking because at some point they started asking. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, I always, that is like a theme in my messaging is constantly like, it's up to you, be mm -hmm. responsible, mm -hmm. <laughs> pitch yourself and always go from it as what's in it for the other person or mm -hmm. the audience. Um, and coming from a place of service. But I think a lot of people, it does shock me because I mean, I get scared, of course, every, I think there's, there's podcasts or there's events or things that I'm like, not good enough, quote unquote, for. Mm -hmm. And so it holds me back from reaching out. And I know a lot of clients, like every level, you're going to have a next level where you're like, I'm too scared to pitch myself to that. I'm not good enough for that. And I had a client who booked a podcast and then she backtracked and was like, what did I just commit to? Like, should I book it out for three months so I can prepare? And I'm like, no, do it next week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I think we get in our own heads. So how do um, you recommend we go about asking? Because two, I think they don't know who to reach out to. How do, mm -hmm. who do I contact? Where do I find these gigs? That kind of thing. Um, that's. Let me just address really quick the point that you made, which is that we're in our own heads a lot. Um, I think that's even the first step to any of this is to get out of your own head. We all have stories that we've told ourselves for years and years that have protected us, right? They keep us safe. If we go outside of one of these stories, we feel unsafe, right? That's the same as that woman that backtracked and said, oh, this isn't what I, you know, we, we have these stories. And a lot of the reason, a lot of times the reason that we don't ask is because we're busy in our own heads around these stories a long time for a long time. And sometimes I still catch it in myself, you know, like, oh, I don't, um, I'm not going to fit in at this conference. You know, look at the rest of the lineup. I'm the ugly duckling here. You know what I mean? There's always these the self-talk and these doubts. And I, um, I think that's definitely the first thing to address in anything is what stories you have around it. And then maybe making that, that jump to, okay, well, if that's my story, what do I actually want? And do those two things align? They don't align? cool, I'm going to drop the thing that's not helping me get to where I want to be. And that's that story. And I think that's definitely, even though it's, um, you know, people want to learn tactics and everything, I can give tactics. I've sold many people programs that told them exactly what to do. And then they just did nothing because of those stories. So I think wow. that's the very first thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess the second thing is to, um, well, it's to be clear on what you're offering, like what's what you're offering, what you want, what you're going to speak about. Um, with 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 talks, it's really important that you have kind of a few ducks in a row, right? Um, in terms of a website or content where they can see you or something like that. Um, and I like to do things in batches, so I don't usually. Uh, now I have a team that does everything for me. But I don't usually like to go, oh, that seems like a cool thing to speak at. Let me spend 25 minutes doing the application right now. Like, I don't have time to do that stuff. Um, so what I do is put everything in a spreadsheet. Like, I'll just put the name and maybe the date or the website or something. And then my VA goes through and we've eventually got 100 things. And then we apply for those 100. Um, and it's just a lot easier. Plus, this is a really big point. People don't want to hear no, right? Like you don't want to hear no. But if you're going through and just doing like one application at a time, you're going to hear a bunch of no's and it's going to make you really depressed. Oh, I knew it. This is exactly why I didn't bother applying. I hear no's all day 
every day. No, 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 no. And it's got nothing to do with me and everything to do with the circumstance, um, you know, of whoever they're hiring or whatever the reason is. And everything I trust is going to work out for the best. So if you apply to 100 things and you get 98 no's, it's a little better when you've got two yeses. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I love the yeah. batching concept. First of all, mm -hmm. the batching concept, I so agree with because sometimes I've caught myself like at nine o'clock at night scrolling through Facebook and I'll see like a cool application mm -hmm. and I'll start doing it. And I'm like, crap, I need to do this on my computer because I have mm -hmm. to have digital files. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. like, why did I start this and waste 20 <laughs> minutes? And now I'm like sitting at the dinner table. I'm like, what am I even doing? So I exactly. totally love the batching thing. Number two, I so agree with you that it's the belief system first and that's gonna you've had people who take your course and you give them the tactics but if they're in their head they're not going to do it because they're protecting themselves from rejection or they don't mm -hmm. think they're good enough and so we have to address that first um and when it comes to protecting your energy from rejection one of the things i always talk about is just separating your identity from your business because mm -hmm. you are not you even though you're especially for my audience, they're coaches or they're the face of their brand. But that does not mean that you still have a separate identity. This is your job and you're your PR person and you're your affiliate marketer and all of those things. But you are so much, you are already worth it as it is. You are already a whole person and you don't have to attach your identity to the outcomes of whether or not somebody else who doesn't even know you, who's just seen an application on paper, mm -hmm. you know, what they say. So um, is there any tips that, so part of it's batching so that maybe you get two yeses and then it doesn't feel so bad to get a 98 no's. Uh, is there anything else you do to protect your energy? Um, so if you're not ready to handle a bunch of no's, then I suggest, I mean, virtual assistants are really cheap. And you can have just in a, you know, a few hours a month, you can have someone batch these for you and send out everything. And you don't even have to see any of it. You know what I mean? You can just have them ask you a few questions. They fill everything out. Um, you, you don't have to deal with that. And I know that that's one of the biggest benefits of the clients that I have. I deal with all of their no's for them. So they don't need to um, even know. All they get is like, you know, a couple of uh, emails in their inbox every week of people interested to have them speak. So right. it's, you know, if, you, if you're not ready for that, you can get a VA to do it and um, they can kind of take the brunt of that rejection for you. Love that. Okay, very good. And that's like celebrities. They probably don't read all the news about them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't go online to see all the comments. Mm -hmm. um, now, the other thing I want to ask you about this, getting started with speaking and the tactics and, and how it works and all sure. of that. Um, do you recommend in the beginning doing speaking gigs and are most speaking gigs these days for free and then you promote at them do you pay to play do you charge like what's the structure for somebody new who's like well, i don't know what to do do i say i have a fee like what what do i do are you there i am you just refreshed i don't know what's going okay. on okay you said in Sorry. the beginning you recommend getting speaking gigs and then you cut out yes okay so when you're trying to get speaking gigs do you recommend if somebody's new um they do all their speaking gigs for free and then have an agreement that they can promote at the event do you and just for traffic purposes do you pay to play meaning like do your clients 
or do you recommend paying to speak at a conference or something or get press, et cetera? Because I see that a lot. I see people getting in Forbes or just, you know, and they just pay and and they say that it doesn't necessarily always do anything for them, mm -hmm. except for maybe build up their credibility and they can put it on their website and stuff. So I'm just getting confused because I'm like, I see all these different models and also some people charge. So how do you know, do I charge for this? Do I do this for free? Do I pay to play? Is this worth it? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's such an interesting question. I have a little rant about it. I'm not going to do the whole rant, but um, first of all, definitely, I think any investment that you can make for your credibility is a good investment. Um, I, I don't know about being featured in publications so much uh, in terms of paying for that. Um, but in terms of doing um, speaking gigs, the amount of leverage that you can get out of doing a gig is insane. And most people don't do any leverage, which is crazy to me. So that's one of the things that I talk about a lot. Um, and maybe I think we might, might touch on that um, shortly, but um, should you speak for free? Absolutely. But there's, there's a framework that I have called the five P's where it talks about, you know, almost like lining up ducks in a row of what are you speaking about? Who are you speaking to? What problem are you solving? Um, all that type of stuff so that you can know that the gig is aligned with your audience. For example, you work um, with health coaches and health practitioners, right? So it wouldn't yeah. be very good for you to go to a dog training conference, right? <laughs> right? Should you speak right. for free? No. Should you speak for pay? Okay, but that would be weird. Like it's not very helpful <laughs> of a gig for you. Yeah. So, so really just like logically looking at the gig and going, okay, how good is this going to be? I just did a gig for um, like 1500 speakers and it was like an online, it was a webinar, but I would have definitely paid to do that. I was stalking that business for ages, trying to get to do a gig with them because it's my target audience. Exactly. Nice. So if you can do that, like I would a hundred percent speak for free. Like why not? On the other hand, I have, I hear sometimes, and I, it's laughable, honestly, people, oh, but I, I won't do free gigs because I deserve to be paid for my knowledge. Like, cool, but no one's going to pay you because you're no good at speaking. Like, you need to get better and spend time building your skills rather than the ego which says, oh, I just want to get paid and then, like, leave. I would rather, and this is kind of my key point to the rant, I would rather, rather than going to a gig and getting paid 2500 bucks to do a talk, to like, you know, a corporate gig or to, to my own audience and getting paid 2,500 bucks. I would rather not get paid, have them all come to my email and then like make 50 grand on the, on the upside. Yes. I am so glad. I love this rant. I love when people come on my podcast and I get them to <laughs> rant. So few things. Number one, I agree with you. Cause one time I did, you just never know. And what's the worst case that can happen? You spend a little time preparing mm -hmm. your speech that you can reuse for another opportunity and you get really good at it. Like, mm -hmm. great. Um, the thing about that too is like one time I spoke at a event in Chicago that was going to have wellness professionals and um, was kind of, you know, had wellness vendors and all this stuff. And it was a small group. It could have turned into absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. um, but what happened was I connected with one person, just one and turned into a $3,000 client, right? So you just never know. Of course it was worth it after because it's just, we jived, like we got to talking and 
and it was great. So um, that doesn't always happen, but like, why not, right? So when you say the five Ps, can you um, can you say what those are? Yeah, let me um, remember what they are. So the first one um, is the person that you need to connect with. Like, who do you need to connect with? If I want to be on your podcast, I'll connect with you. I wouldn't connect with like someone else that was related to your business. I want to connect with the right person. Otherwise, I'm just going to end up with some assistant saying no to me or something if I want to be on a big podcast. Um, the next one is the prospect. So you want to make sure that the prospect is the right type of prospect. They're not dog trainers if you're a health coach and you're not, they're not, you know, you want to make sure that you're aligned with that prospect. Make sure that there's, even if there are only a few, that can still work out well if they're the right type of um right type of person um so the third one is a uh, problem so what problem are you actually solving for these people uh because a lot of times you go you talk you do all the stuff and then no one wants to know you at the end like they're not interested in what you were talking about so you want to make sure that you are kind of in line with solving what that their problem is um you want to make the right pitch at the end so that they can um join you in some way so it might be join my email list it might be uh come and you know like come to the back of the room and buy something if that's your jam which is not usually what i talk about um, but whatever the pitch is it's got to be the right one for them um, and then the product or program that you're delivering has to be in line with all of that so you can see those ducks kind of line up in a row Yes. Okay. Very good. I'm taking notes over here for our show notes. And I think those are really good tips and a good criteria. Cause sometimes too, I notice like as entrepreneurs, we want to just be everywhere and do everything and say yes to everything. But when it comes to like, let's say you had that spreadsheet of 100 events you wanted to do, you do want to prioritize a little bit who you reach out to first, especially if you have limited time and you don't have a virtual assistant or, you know, whatever. Right. So you want to pick mm -hmm. which one is the most aligned and let's focus on that first. Um, so are there any key mistakes you see people make when they are reaching out to people? Um, and then we'll talk about mistakes when they actually are doing the gig. Um, sure. So the biggest one is probably, uh, when you don't have a good angle, so I would say out of the P's, it's the problem that you're solving. Um, when you don't have a good angle, you, you're not setting yourself apart from, well, hold on a second. So there's two parts. So there's, when you're actually applying, I would say, um, I would say when you're applying, you have to set yourself apart from other people. If you just went on and said, oh, I'm a health coach and I talk about getting well and you can live your dream life by feeling great. Like, do you know how many of those applications this place is going to get? A lot. You're not setting yourself apart. So you have to figure out really quick, and this is kind of one of the frameworks that I have of what's your unique angle that's going to set you apart from all of the other people who do, who do exactly what you do. And I won't lie, like I am pretty ruthless with how I set myself apart, whether or not I have to say that, um, you know, I'm a lesbian from New Zealand Usually that has them go read the email, like notice that I'm a bit different than the other people, right? Or like I have an elephant training certificate that I got in Thailand. Ooh. Sometimes that's like a helpful thing to be memorable. And that's what you that's all you want to be is memorable so that they can look back on the applications that they saw that day 
And as event organizer, I know like usually I'm totally underwhelmed with people's applications. Oh, like it's just all the same stuff. If I could do it, you can too. Live your dream life. I mean, come on. So if I can see somebody that's like setting themselves apart, they, they maybe make a joke or they there's something different about them, I will remember that person. And that's the person that nine times out of 10, I'll go back to if I need a speaker. Yeah, that is so true. And even myself, two things. When I auditioned, I was a younger performer <laughs> back in the day. And I auditioned for America's Got Talent. And the reason why they were like, your voice is great. Like, we like that you're young and whatever. And they're like, so what's your story? Like, what do you, mm -hmm. you know, and they were trying to dig for gold. Like they were trying to dig for like, oh, I got, you know, beat up as a child or I live on a mm -hmm. farm or, you know, mm -hmm. something different. Right. Yep. And at the time I didn't know that I was not a, you know, I had a very nice childhood. Right. And so I just, you know, I go to school and, and I didn't get the next round and same thing with one time i also um did a i don't even know why i did this but i auditioned for a k-pop show yeah <laughs> it was a show that was gonna take everybody to south korea live in a house together and <sighs> try to be, form the next k-pop group of international people That's amazing. <laughs> so anyways i made a, a couple rounds but every round they were digging so deep like were you bullied as a child like do you mm -hmm. um have insecure what are your insecurities i'm like ah, i don't know so i didn't make it but thank god i did not make it <laughs> um but yeah i totally get what you're saying i think it's really important um and you're so right about the message too you want to my mentor says you want to be a he says are you there come on are you there Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm back. It always maybe takes I, about 10 seconds. Maybe I have to move less. I'll try to stay really still. Um, so anyways, my mentor says, you want to be a snowflake on a thumbprint on a retina scan. Like you want your message. You can't mm -hmm. just be a health coach with helping people live healthy habits. Like you have mm -hmm. to be a health coach that... I don't know, right? And so mm -hmm. what's some, do you have any examples of like people you've worked with who've had really clear, good unique standout message? Well, um, so I have one guy who has over a billion views online and that's usually enough of a thing to grab the attention. And that's what been working really well for us. Um, oftentimes I'll make comparisons between my client and somebody else. Like I have a Brene, the Brene Brown of Arizona right now. Uh, so it's like a, just to, just to make it a little bit more memorable, um, for myself, uh, I think, I, I mean, I'm probably my best example. I'm an ex-cult member, you know, lesbian digital nomad entrepreneur. Um, wow. Yeah. What's the cult? I want to know. Um, we can discuss <laughs> separately. And um, <laughs> and uh, so there's, there's so many things that, is, you know, now you're going to be like, oh, like you'll never forget to ask me about that or remember about that. So it's um, really it's just so important to get those, that differentiator, I guess is what you'd call it. I call it an angle, but a story is a story. Is a story. And I think that if once you use stories really well, you can weave them into your, not just your presentations, but also your applications. Cool. And do you have a unique, I know you have the five Ps for criteria of what opportunities to pitch yourself for. Mm -hmm. Do you have any criteria for how to structure your speech? 
not as yet. I was speaking to someone about that today. That's not a thing that I've been really working on as much in terms of there's basic ones, you know, which is weaving your story, uh, saying your, your, there's a bunch of different frameworks. I don't really use any frameworks at this stage. Um, the most important thing for me is just making sure that A, you can connect, so telling the story and connecting, and then, um, well, B, delivering your information. I guess I'm coming up with a framework right now. And then C, making sure that people can connect with you ongoingly after the event, um, finding a way to get their email addresses primarily uh, so that you can keep in touch. So make giving something away or whatever it is that you're doing, but those I would say are the three main pieces. Cool. And do you usually do text the number 44222 to get the free guide? Or do you say like, hey, I'm passing around a list or uh, anything um, like that? That's funny. So there are a couple of ways that I do it. I've never done the phone one. I actually really want to try it. It's probably going to happen soon. Uh, but I always want to get people's email addresses. And what I found, pro tip, is that it's not ideal. It used to be really easy to put up a thing on, on the screen and say, hey, why don't you download, you know, here's a free cheat sheet or whatever, and people would download it and you'd end up with, I don't know, 30 emails or whatever. And then you'd follow up and you would get a couple clients out of it probably. But um, people don't want to do that anymore because, A, it means typing into their phone and you can have like a code and stuff, but most people just won't do it. So what I've started doing, particularly at smaller events, and if you're allowed, you have to ask permission, is I leave a sheet on their on their chair um, and it's got a few qualifying questions. I call them magic questions, um, which uh, mainly just kind of qualifies them to see if they're a good fit to be my client. Because if they're not, like there's no point in me wasting time on the phone with them. I don't want to waste their time. Uh, but I, you know, I just find out like what's their biggest problem around this, A, B or C, um, how willing are they to solve that problem? Like maybe they're maybe they've got a big problem, but it's not painful enough for them to pay to solve right now. Like, cool. Like, come back to me when you can. Um, and some people will say, yeah, it's a ten out of ten real issue. I need to pay somebody to do this for me right now. And like, I put extra attention on those ones because they obviously are really excited to receive help soon. And, and I collect all the papers at the end. I I will bring attention to it. I'll like get the. This is your paper. You know, uh, make sure, has everyone got one of these? Perfect, has everyone got a pen? Great, I'm just gonna give you, while we do the, the Q&A now, ask me a few questions, make sure you fill out this paper. I'm gonna collect it at the end. And it's a little bit like being at kindergarten, but you have to be like really clear, because they're thinking about what they're having for lunch and what, you know, their wife said this morning and all the things. So you've gotta like think about, or you've gotta make it really clear for them to do it. And then I collect it at the end and I end up with, I mean, three times more emails than usual nice. at least. Yeah, that's really smart. And then you, yeah, that's really smart. Now, what else would you say just um, at, at events, how to leverage the opportunity as much as possible? How, how do we um, just make the most of it? Because you've been to a lot and you've spoken it a lot. What can we do to really rock it? Well, I, I usually speak about leverage more in terms of after the event is finished, but there are tons of ways to do it before and during um you know take instagram stories while you're at the event document all the stuff that you're doing take a story while you're on the stage people don't care like you know just say what it like like document as much as you can 
and then leverage that into more business by saying, you know, for the next three months or six months after you do that gig, you can post pictures of yourself, get someone in the audience to take pictures of you, hire a videographer, you know, um, use that logo on your website, do posts like three weeks ago when I was speaking at the Women in Tech Summit in Chicago, this amazing thing happened. I turned up and I was just chatting. You know, it makes people, it gets your attention because it's a story and it also shows that you, uh, you're an authority. I love it. And what about after the event? Um, well, those things too. So after the, well, after the event, I would definitely um, make a lot of posts about the event itself. I always um, try to get photos or videos no matter what, like even if the event is a dud and, you know, I'm kind of like, why did I even bother coming here? I will give my phone to someone in the audience and go, can you just take some snaps? Thanks. Or like, you know, take a video of my performance or something. Um, I'm getting to the stage now where I'm hiring better videographers to come and, and video my stuff. And then those can be turned in. So this is kind of where content comes in because I think that content it's even more important now than a speaker one sheet. Like no one really cares what's on your speaker one sheet. Yeah. They don't know how many Instagram followers you have and whether or not you're active on social and how, you know, how engaged people are with you. Are you liked? Are you popular? It's high mm. school, right? Mm -hmm. So creating content from the event itself, even if it's just a story, even if it's just a photo, um, creating that content and continually creating it shows people that you are actually doing things uh, and you are, it just, it shows social proof, you know, people care what you have to say and you get more clients from that. You know, you can say, here's, you, you can start off with a picture of you at an event speaking or a video and say, here's a thing that happened, blah, blah, blah. I went out of my comfort zone. Don't you wish you got out of your comfort zone? Here's how, you know, you can join my comfort zone 3.0 program, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just a really great way to get solid content that shows how smart you are. I love it. Awesome. Well, Beck, this was amazing. And I really appreciate all of your feedback and your authenticity and your memorability. I think people will remember this episode because yes. you shared your story. You gave us some <laughs> tactics. It was a perfect blend of all of it. And where can people find you? We'll definitely put these links in the show notes as well as the link to your product page. Um, but let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah. So, um, so I'm on beckpower.me and right now I think that is, you know, my done for you service, which is my team makes, does all the outreach uh, for you for gigs and other opportunities. Uh, but actually you can get a hundred free leads uh, for, of um, entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs right now. If you go to beckpower.me forward slash go and sign up for those okay. leads there. Beckpower.me go. I'm going to do that. What the heck? Okay. Amazing. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Catch you soon, Haley. Thanks again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit, go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call 
to book your very own free sales audit. On the call, we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients, how to overcome those concerns, how to coach through objections, how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients. I can't wait to connect with you and go to HaleyRowe.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.